The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to an old friend of the program and a veteran of the SEO community. Joining us is Michelle Robbins, who is a Senior Director of Data and Analytics at ClearLink, which is a publisher focused on simplifying life's choices for everyone. ClearLink owns a portfolio of consumer-facing media sites that covers everything from home security, personal finance, connected devices, and the internet, all sorts of fun things that you need for your life. And today, Michelle and I are going to discuss the problem with data. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the first part of my conversation with Michelle Robbins, Senior Director of Data and Analytics at ClearLink. Michelle, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's good to be back. It's always a pleasure to have you as our guest, but we always end up getting into a big debate. You have the theory that data, I believe if I'm quoting correctly, data is everything or everything is data. And I think in our last conversation, I said not everything is data data, you know, there's other marketing things that come in and they give you information, but data isn't everything. Anyway, I'm paraphrasing. Ah, that's right. The information versus data argument. I'd forgotten about that. It's been a while. (laughs) I remember. Well, today we're going to talk about the problems with data. So first and foremost, let's keep it high level. Tell me what the problem is with data. The problem with data is that we rely too much and that's a problem because too much of it is not good. So we're increasingly data dependent in our jobs, regardless of what your job is, where you sit in an organization, everyone's dealing with data all the time and using data to make decisions, make business decisions. And the amount of scrutiny that that data gets is lacking. What I'm hearing from you is data quality 
is a problem. We're 100% reliant, or maybe not 100%, we're very reliant on using data for making just fundamental decisions, but we're not necessarily sure if that data is correct. And you know, I guess how I feel about this, for what it's worth, is it's important to make data-driven decisions, but you also have to use intuition. And this kind of gets back into the data is everything. And I was like, no, there's things like emotion and feel and heart and soul, and, and those aren't data. That's something separate. I understand that in business, we're using data and data quality becomes an issue. So talk to me about some of the data quality issues that you've experienced that are kind of common problems that people have. Well, you know, when we look at search, everyone's using a variety of tools, right? There are so many tools and platforms out there that provide not only insights into your own data, but then they augment that data with additional data sets of which you have no knowledge of necessarily of where they come from. There's not a tremendous amount of transparency around data sources from some of these data providers. So you don't necessarily know if the data that you are relying on, for example, when when you're working inside a given tool and you're doing keyword research, you know, are they pulling that keyword research from Google explicitly or are they using a different data set to map what you believe you need to get out of your, your research to your own data? And is that data being conflated? Is that information actually not valid for the purposes that you're using it for? One of the big questions that I have is I think that we fundamentally accept data from large platforms to be true. And to me, that seems to be where there is the most risk. We look at, say, for example, Google, I don't know, even know what we call them anymore, Google Webmaster Tools, Google Search Console, Search Center, the epicenter of Google search, whatever the name du jour is today. I still call it webmaster to us. We assume that the data Google gives us is correct. Is that the case? And it's notoriously buggy, right? Like that is, that's a very important source of data, especially for folks in search. And a lot of times it's not necessarily clear what data you're looking at in Search Console, right? So a lot of people don't understand that some of the data points are aggregate data, right? It's not, I think people look for a one-to-one right? Look, this data point is what's actually happening there in the market. I can go and find that in search, right? I can go and search and I'm going to see that I'm showing up for number one, just like in Search Console. It tells me we're showing up for number one in this. And you may not because search itself is actually highly contextual. So the data that you're getting in Search Console isn't necessarily, and how you're reporting on it, how it's being reported on throughout a lot of tools, could use some, some nuance, some explanation in a lot of cases. I look at Search Console data as important trend data. I don't look at it as ground truth data. It's important to look, in fact, most data sets shouldn't be looked at as ground truth, but should be looked at with respect to trend. And here's where I'm going to agree with you on the importance of gut (laughs) and what you know about your market and your business. I think it's interesting when numbers rise or fall in Search Console, and yet those numbers don't necessarily track with how the business is performing. And I don't know how much introspection there is into that because SEOs tend to be focused on what are these numbers in Search Console? You know, are we getting traffic from Google? What's Google telling us? What are we seeing? And there's oftentimes not a lot of collaboration across teams to say, okay, so what is this data actually? What's not just this data, but what is this traffic? What are these customers producing on the other end? And I think there's a lot of problematic back and forth in between that. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. 
You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I guess there's a, a couple of questions that I have for you. First and foremost, how do you tell when you are facing an issue with a platform like Google Webmasters, which for most people is fundamental to what they're doing in SEO? Well, I think that's the challenge, right? Because I'm not, you know, I don't want to say don't look at Search Console. You need to. You need to understand how Google is evaluating what they're thinking about your website. But I think that's not necessarily ground truth for what's happening in your business. And so you need to understand as things ebb and flow in the data you're seeing in Search Console, how is that actually mapping to the behavior of your customers on your websites? And so if you lose rankings for a given word, Do you have a thorough understanding of what that word or phrase is and how much it contributes to your business's bottom line? So how much effort do you want to expend getting that one particular ranking back versus understanding, well, we might have lost here, but we've actually gained over here and these are more valuable for us. So we're just going to keep focusing on that. We're not going to drill into trying to capture and save every single thing all the time. And this goes to the constantly shifting landscape, right? Where channels are always changing, but even within channels, things are changing. So within search itself, the search features, the feature set of any given search result, whether it's on a tablet, a mobile phone, or a screen, a large screen desktop, those are going to constantly be in flux, right? So adapting to and understanding that SEO in particular, it's not static. I think we all know that, but being okay with its constant evolution, I feel like every time there's an algorithm update, everyone loses their minds. And when that happens, I feel like, I wonder what feature you overinvested in. So I want to get into that in a a deeper conversation. I'm going to table that for right now because I think that's tomorrow's episode. You know, when we go into, yes, the world is a changing landscape. SEO specifically is constantly evolving, but yet there is this sort of need for a fundamental truth or a resource to understand what you're doing to be able to guide yourself. And that's where we know when we get into the, like we said before, what's the problem with data is that you're never really sure whether your data is accurate. Webmaster tools, the biggest SEO platform in the world. Hey, sometimes it's buggy. I believe Google's even having crawl issues this week as we speak. So, you know, the reliability of the underlying data set you're working with from Google can be buggy. All right. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was two years ago where there were two weeks where things just didn't get crawled and indexed. There was no data for two weeks. So once they fixed the problem, that was like in April, two years ago, they fixed the problem by repopulating each of those days of data with the first day backs data that they got. So 
it was, let's say it was, I forget the exact date, but let's say it was the 10th to the 25th. There was no data. So on the 26th, they backfilled the 10th through the, the 25th with the 26th data. If you're a large site, that could skew things so badly that you basically, you know, my suggestion was just ignore that month. There's nothing you can do with that month. Ignore it, make a note of it. Note that next April, you're not going to be able to look at your year over year and make any kind of sense of it. It's just bad data that you're going to have to, you know, excise from your data set. So you've got this problem where the platforms, the sort of foundation of search might not be accurate. And then your suggestion was, hey, well, you need to compare that to what's happening in-house, your first party data. And inherently, that's different for everyone. And there's different degrees of certainty with how accurate your first party data is. A, how do you figure out if your first party data is actually accurate? And B, what do you do when it's not? Well, your first party data is something that, for one thing, you should always be engaged in a process of evaluating and cleaning, transforming it to make it useful, right? So first party data in and of itself isn't magical, but depending on what you're measuring, how you're capturing your first party data, it really is the most, it's always going to be your ground truth because it's what you know has occurred, right? So think of first party data as, you know, we were talking about email earlier. You know how many emails you sent out. You know how many emails were opened. You know how many people clicked on a link in your email. That's all your first party data and understanding of what's happening with your customers. And there's not a lot of ambiguity in there. There's a lot of ambiguity with traffic data, right? Because we're not necessarily always understanding where the traffic comes from. There are a lot of issues with cookies and obviously being able to identify people and understand where they've come from, with search terms they use, things like that, depending on how you've got your tagging set up, right? People, nobody has this sorted out perfectly. I've yet to come across a website with a client or, or in-house or anything where everything is just always firing on all cylinders. And that's because and related to the evolving landscape, data is always changing, right? The data you can capture, the data you can collect first party or third party is always changing. But are you going back and saying, okay, we've always used this set of data, but this set of data has meaningfully changed in the last six months because the signals we were capturing six months ago are not part of this data set. Are people going back and making modifications? Are people normalizing their data against old sets, against new set, or are they just continually looking at like, well, here's our report from a year ago and here's our data from a year ago and year over year, it looks like this and making decisions based on essentially data that's not been normalized. Understanding your first party data is something that takes a lot of historical and in-house knowledge, right? How your data was collected, what the metrics you're using, what are the definitions of the metrics? How have they changed over time? And I think the you know level of certainty you can have with not only what your data is being collected now, but your benchmarks, your historical data, it's really an exercise in definitions, in record keeping, and in data cleanliness. Look, if you're going to change the definition of what a click or revenue or a conversion is over time, you need to know when that happened. You need to basically maintain the previous metric as it was kept and then the current metric so you can do your benchmarking. And at some point here, now we're talking about, well, I've got this platform that fundamentally might have some traffic data that could be right and could be wrong, and I'm not in control of it. And I'm benchmarking it against my in-house data that I know what it means now, but it might have been collected differently two or three years ago. All of a sudden, I feel very confused and very uncertain about how to understand what's actually happening in my business 
How do you reconcile the data problems that you have with the platforms, the potential issues you have with definitions and data cleanliness in-house to actually make a decision and perform? Um, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of understanding of all of these moving parts and having that historical knowledge. I'd say having that history, having that understanding of this happened then and having somewhere in either documentation, right? You know, you can use annotations and GA or having pretty thorough documentation around reporting and procedures and measurements and your data warehouse and data pipelines and things like that so that you can go back and understand we saw this massive drop. Is it because of this or because of that, right? With the team I work with now, we get inquiries all the time from teams across the business, from the SEO team, the outreach team, the paid team, from from the content team, from everybody. When they see numbers that don't make sense to them, everyone's first instinct is to evaluate it and say, hey, this dropped around that. Is that because we did this? And then our job is to not say, yeah, it was probably that. Done, right? Our job is to dig into it and say, well, what was everything happening around that time? Can we eliminate all the variables to get to the one thing that is probably the best indicator of what that drop in traffic was, what that drop in conversions, what, you know, whatever the metric is it's being looked at. And it really does take that level of scrutiny as well as that level of understanding of, you know, this, it might look like it was this thing because the thing A did happen at that time, but what actually happened was this. And without having that documentation and that knowledge, um, a lot of it goes to sometimes institutional knowledge even, however you get at that. At the end of the day, when we think about our data and the accuracy of it, making data-driven decisions, you know, as much as we talk about, well, the, the macro landscape of SEO is changing, the ability for you to use your data and trust your data changes as well. So, you know, we can pretend like using data is 100% an exact science. It is never an exact science. You have to use intuition and you have to understand what your degree of certainty is with various data sources. And I think that's a key component to being a successful SEO. I completely agree. All right. Finally, we agree on something. And that wraps up this episode (laughs) of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Michelle Robbins, the Senior Director of Data and Analytics at ClearLink. Join us again tomorrow when Michelle and I talk about pivoting in a constantly changing SEO landscape. If you can't wait until tomorrow and you'd like to get in touch with Michelle, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Michelle Robbins, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Or you can visit her company's website, which is clearlink.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing, insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. 